0: Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God.
1: When you look at the world today and what's going on, all the things that are going on, Do you ever ask yourself, could God be trying to tell me something? Or do you ever think, could God be trying to tell us all something? You look at the, gosh, all of the problems, the political turmoil and the pandemic and the riots and the economy and all these things going on. And you ask yourself, maybe, maybe, just maybe, God's trying to tell us something here. I mean, how do you look at your life each day? Do you find yourself to be a victim or do you have that fighter survivor mentality do you look at adversity as a good thing or as a bad thing do you feel like you're losing faith or are you gaining it or how do you look at the world each day is the world basically good or evil is it run by quote unquote nature or another force is on a trajectory for peace and harmony or destruction you see when we look at our lives and we look at the world around us we see so much difficulty, strife, and injustice, and stress. But then again, it begs the question, maybe God's trying to tell us something. Could God be trying to tell us something? And if he is, what's he trying to tell us? You know, it, 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 might, it might inform our worldview. We may find ourselves looking at the world differently if we really think about this. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit here today. Our text verse is Haggai uh, chapter 1, 6 through 7. Haggai 1, 6 through 7. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but you have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Man, that's a good good, uh, passage of scripture there. You sew and you bring in little, you eat and you're still hungry, you drink and you're still thirsty, you put clothes on, you're not warm, you earn wages and you put it in a bag that's got holes in it. Hey, that's a good verse right there. Look, I'm sure we all can relate to this idea of it seems like no matter how hard we work, no matter what we do, problems keep popping up. No matter... If you own a business, and goodness gracious, everybody's trying to get five, five uh, cents or ten cents here. They're nickel and diming you everywhere. Uh, if you go out to eat, you know you get an appetizer. I got, a, I went out to eat one time with the family, and there was a special on kids' meals. I don't remember what it was. I think it was $1.99. They came back, and the kids' meal was five dollars. So I said, "What happened?" They said, "Oh, you ordered a drink." I said, "I thought it came with it. Is that not the society we live in today? where it just seems like it's on and on and on. It's never enough. And then here we see in verse seven, Haggai one, verse seven, thus saith the Lord of hosts, who's the Lord of hosts? That's God, the father in heaven. Amen. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, consider your ways. Here's God very plainly telling people, look, you have no satisfaction. You're materialists and you don't have that material gain. You're struggling here, there, and everywhere. And, And God's saying, look, consider your ways. So let's consider our ways today. What's happening in this verse? Specifically, it's an Old Testament book. The Israelites are facing judgment from God for turning their backs on him in flagrant, hostile ways. Uh, This is is part of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. The theme here is that the priests and the prophets corrupt, the government's corrupt, the people are all after their own gain. For example, earlier on in this chapter, it mentions how people were trying to go fix their homes instead of rebuilding Solomon's temple. So you see... They were acting, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were acting bad. They were acting flagrantly bad. They were living afar off from God. Is that not what we see today, uh, both in the church and outside of the church? I mean, look what's happening now. Uh, in terms of the worldly uh, uh, the world f- factors, elements that are happening now. you got COVID, you got massive amounts of unemployment. I mean, think about if you were an event planner, if you worked in the concert industry, if you worked for an airline, I mean, these these uh, industries have been basically completely wiped out, so to speak. Uh, there's political tensions. Uh, I read somewhere, I think it was Associated Press, that the food bank donations this year, uh, or excuse me, food bank recipients are up 60% year over year. So that means if 10 people came to the food bank last year, 16 are coming now. And the you know the list can go on and on. There's record poverty. There is, uh, again, industries being phased out. There's uh, disease. There's lockdowns here in North Carolina. At this time, well, I guess starting uh, very, very soon here, we're not allowed to leave our homes after 10 p.m. before 5 a.m. I mean, when can when has there ever been a time where there was an extended lockdown like this? I can't remember it in my uh, 40 plus years here on earth. We're living in unprecedented times. And the question I have for you here today is the Lord trying to tell us something. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Are we considering our ways? So uh, firstly here, looking at what's happening as a call to turn back to God. Are we looking at what's happening in our world, all the things I just mentioned and all the much more? I generally actually am not as informed as I used to be because I had to cut back on my own news consumption because frankly, it's just too depressing. Uh, I feel like I was telling my church uh, the other night that uh, there are things that'll come up on my screen or something, a little notification saying, oh, this just happened, USA Today. And I'll want to look at it, and I'll just feel the Holy Spirit in me just kind of letting me know, it's not for you, son. It's not for you. As the example I gave at the church is to the kids, look, it's going to be a snow day, definitely check the news, make sure it's snowing. But otherwise, you don't constantly have to stay up to date with all the world's cares because they are awful, and they will depress you. And do we look at what's happening today as a call to turn back to God. Uh, In the same book, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 17. uh, Here the prophet speaks, I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail in all the labors of your hands, yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. This is a very powerful verse. It's relating back uh, to God himself speaking in Deuteronomy 28, 22, that he punishes the wicked by bringing forth a curse on them and their land. The blasting, think of the wind, hail, mildew, it destroys the crop. Say corn, So they have no food. And so what God's saying in Haggai 2.17 is, I I did this. The Lord said, I did this. I brought the blasting. I brought the mildew. I brought the hail. I brought all these things. And they didn't turn to him. Think about it. What happens when you have no food, right? You become poor. You become hungry. How do you become poor when you have no food? Well, think of agricultural times. Your crop is not just the food you eat. Your crop is also what you might sell. So if you have a problem with your crop, uh, goodness gracious, you're in deep trouble. Uh, I, I like coffee and, uh, every, uh, occasionally I'll roast a little bit of coffee here and there. And, uh, the coffee far uh, c- coffee crops in Central and South America have dealt with an awful uh, something called like Rastoya I think I can't think of the exact name and it destroys the crop and it's it's devastating the farms and so this this crop that they would sell they can no longer sell it's very similar here look the Lord sent all these things it destroyed the corn now they can't sell it so now they're poor and they're hungry so they can't trade it for money and they can't eat it now what do they do? well they're fo- forced into destitution. Now, wouldn't that be the time that you would seek God? That Wouldn't that be the time that you would come to God? Ask a pastor when they're the most busy, and you might say, oh, when times are good. Nah, no. Nah. The most busiest times are tragic times, the Great Depression. That's when big revivals were breaking out, is my understanding. Uh, 9-11, many churches were very busy after 9-11. In utter destitution, you would think people would go to God, but here, the Lord's saying, yet ye turned not to me. Goodness gracious, is he trying to tell us something today? And how did they get there? How did they get their crop punished? How did they get their livelihood and their food taken away? By working with unholy hands, living afar off from God in transgression of his ways, in ignoring his blessings on their lives, and in being spiritually adulterous to him. Does that make sense here today? When we are living in sin, when we have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, or both feet in the world and no feet in the church, God can't bless that. God can't use that. God is a holy God, a 100% holy God, right? And if you go back to the Old Testament, of course, you have uh, have the tabernacle, you have the Holy of Holies, and only the priests can go in there, and they can only go in there with a blood offering, and they have to be clean, and all these things. It's all a picture of how we are to approach God when we are sinners we cannot approach, right? Now, when Christ died on the cross for us and shed his blood, that blood atonement paid our sin debt. Because Christ died on the cross and paid our sin debt, and we accept Christ as Savior, we're saved, that does not lessen the idea of sin being an affront to a holy God. It doesn't. If you're telling me that everyone was on fire for God, living for God, and we would still have all these problems in our society and our world, I wouldn't agree with that. I would say this has to be, at least in part, God's judgment on us, in Haggai 1:6-7 and Haggai 2:17 we see a clear pattern of God allowing and even using natural forces like the wind and the hail and the mildew to bring dire consequences to His people. Why? So they turn to Him. Think about this idea. The Bible calls us to walk by what? Faith and not sight. 2 Corinthians 5:7 For we walk by faith and not by sight. How were the Israelites living? How were they walking? They were walking by sight and not faith. What was the end of their ways? Destruction. See how God is giving us a command for our own good, for our own welfare? Look, if we are in the Bible, we know the wages of sin is death. So then why do we sin? How, if we live by faith, even in dark times and with pain all around us, we can and should find comfort in him knowing he will provide, he will be there, he will deliver us from evil. How then can we not do it? How do we get afar far off from God. How do we live in a time and in a place where we know that God is calling his people to him? I saw one pastor at the, uh, corner store the other day, uh, buying some produce. And, uh, he said to me, he said, brother Clark, it's like God's biggest altar call right now. And they're having church in the parking lot and so on and so forth. And uh, I believe he's right. It's like God's biggest altar call. It's like the end of the end of the end of the end times. And here we are sitting in these times. And are we looking to God? Are we getting right with God? Are we repenting before God? Or are we just stuck in our ways? And are we stuck in the idea that we need to fit in with the world and that we need to be yoked up with the things of the world and that the world can tell us that sin isn't bad or the, or the idea that these uh, wicked people can rule over us and everything's going to be okay and that, oh, once we get a vaccine, oh, once we get a universal basic income, oh, once we get this, once we get that. Man has been living here in this uh, time for thousands of years and it's as bad as it's ever been. So how then do we think that it's going to finally get better? I was just talking to my family about this during our family altar time. Uh, Technology has evolved so much. Technology is incredible right now. And yet, as it's evolved, has it made everything better? Has it fixed all our problems? Has it made the technologists more holy? No, just the opposite. It's made them more wicked. It's made society more dependent upon man. It's made everyone uh, go afar off from God, just as it was back then. And that is what we have to keep in mind, that God is so good, and God is our protector. He is our comforter. He is our provider when we turn to Him and when we live by His ways. You know, the prodigal son is a perfect example. When he was living in sin, God wasn't blessing that. He was living destitute. He was saying, uh, even, uh, the servants in my father's house house have it better than me. Even what the cattle's eating is better than what I could get right now. He had to come to that place to come back to God. And maybe just maybe what's going on today is God's mercy on his people to say, you need to come back to this place to come back to me. And we really do. We need to take, uh, you know, a very familiar uh, piece of scripture about, uh, you know, turning to God and and uh, praying before him and calling him and seeking his face and he'll heal our land. We need to take that serious tonight. We need to know that God is for real and that we cannot play church with God. He knows us like he knew the Israelites and he could see a mile away their unfaithfulness, their false idols, their, their uh, materialism. And so he wouldn't bless it and all these things kept occurring and yet they wouldn't turn back to him. And that leads to what? that leads to a very difficult time.
0: You're listening to KJV Cafe. As you learn the great truths in God's word, we encourage you to take the verses mentioned in this episode and study them. Trusting God will open your eyes to a deeper understanding of himself. Now here's Pastor Clark with the rest of today's message.
1: ...time for the Israelites in the Old Testament. And we can absolutely learn from that as the church body in today's society, what we're seeing, which is profound and and, uh, not seen really before ever, uh, in this type of capacity, in this type of way, we must learn to live by God's calling on us because our actions have consequences. Yeah, I said it, our actions have consequences, have you ever thought about this idea? I mean, really thought about it? What you do matters to God. If you are still when you should move, that matters to God. If you move when God calls you to be still, that matters to God. If you let life toss you to and fro without turning to God, that matters to him. He made this life to be hard to push us to him. Matthew 6:34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The idea is God engineered life and us to work in tandem in a way that we must turn to him for true comfort, safety, and fulfillment and joy. Think of the disciples on the boat with Jesus asleep. They had to turn to him to calm the storm. Think of Peter attempting to walk on the water. He had to turn and keep his eyes on Jesus not to sink. Life is hard so we can be closer to God. Does that make sense? We are living in a life, in a world that tells us that things will get better if we're just more of ourselves and you know we collect things or we have wealth or status. And we have a God telling us, that no matter what happens, he's with us, and this world is wicked and is gonna perish, and then everything will be okay once we're in heaven with him, we're in the New Jerusalem, amen, where Christ is ruling and reigning, and there is no sin and everything's perfect. So you have, in this world, pain and suffering that many don't want to acknowledge. But it's true. Life is hard so we can be closer to God. That's how God engineered it. Life is manageable, dare I say easy, when well, we are yoked up with Christ, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See what Jesus is saying here? That when we come to him and when we get yoked up with him and when we are letting him lead but we're still working because when you're yoked up with jesus and he's moving you know if you think of an ox yoke there you're you got two there in the yoke you can't stop or that's going to cause a problem you have to keep moving so we're not called to be lazy we're not called to be passive we're called to work with jesus by letting him lead letting the holy spirit within us lead so that we can be close to him and then when we are things get much better but if we're not and if we're too far off from him then we're still dealing with the problems of life in a worldly sense where they'll never be resolved. That bag will always have holes in it, so to speak. So what's the lesson? Well, the idea here is that we need to first seek God and his righteousness and everything else will work out. Matthew 6, 33. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's so simple, guys. Seek God first. That's what we're called to do. Maybe that's what God's telling us here today. Seek him first, not second, third, or fourth. Not saying, you know what, I'm going to say a little sleepy prayer right before bed and that's it. Not saying, well, I read my Bible, I read a verse on Sunday at church, that's it. But seeking God first, his kingdom, Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So think about that. We're supposed to seek his kingdom first. And here we see Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, okay? It's not these things that just appetites that we fulfill, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is your desire for him above all else? Do you long for Jesus? Do you live for Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus today? If you are, you will seek him first. You will greatly enjoy fellowship with him. You'll want to be with him all day long. You will want to know him deeply. The idea of seeking the kingdom first means that all other things come in submission to that, that there's a preeminence. That's that Bible word, preeminence, that Jesus is preeminent in your life. What does that mean? That means absolutely first. That means that starting your day, what do you normally do when you start your day? You might brush your teeth, get ready for work or get ready for school or whatever it might be. Start your day with God, start your day in the scriptures, start your day in prayer. Uh, even if you don't have a ton of time, get up a little earlier, uh, get, a, get an app with a daily verse on it, uh, you know, w- walk through a devotional, spend some time in the Bible, start your day with God, literally put him first in your day right? And then put them first in your priorities and what you do and where you go. And, and uh, you know, when you look at, you know, maybe the world wants you to compromise on some things. Maybe somebody wants you to go see a worldly movie. Maybe someone wants you to download a worldly song or watch something worldly on online or, or wants you to go uh drink alcohol with them or do drugs, say no, uh-uh, I'm sold out to God and I'm putting him first. And he tells me to be of a sober mind and he tells me to be set apart and he tells me to be a peculiar people and he tells me to live for him and he tells me to follow his commands and he tells me on and on and on, right? His kingdom first in our ideas, in our actions. Amen. And when we do this, so our motivation is to do it, but the byproduct Is that peace and joy and so much more? And it says, not just the kingdom, it says, but seek ye first, this is Matthew 6.33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's his righteousness? That's God's commands, God's wisdom, God's ways. His righteousness, this idea that he's preeminent above all things, right? Know them. How, How do you know something? How do you learn something? You study it. Don't be willfully ignorant. Study, dive into God's word head first. Learn it, devour it, constantly feed on it. Understand God's commands for your life. How can you say you love the Lord and you ignore his commands? Jesus in the Bible said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So if you love the Lord, what God is telling you to do, this is one of his commands, is to keep his commands. If you love him, keep his commands. I mean, I love my wife. My wife says, Clark, put away the dishes. I say, yes, ma'am. And if I don't put away the dishes, It's a way of me basically saying I don't really care about you. That's more work for her to do, and that's a whole other message about when we're married, we become one flesh, and we're when I'm hurting her, I'm really hurting myself. But the idea here is taking a step back. If I love my wife, I'm going to show her I love her by you know doing things uh, that that she might want me to do, right? And it's no different in the sense with Jesus that. We show Jesus we love him, not by just singing a song or showing up in church and acting like we did him a favor or uh, going to a Bible study or something. We show him we love him by keeping his commands. And that starts with knowing them and then practicing them, living them out. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be yoked up with the world. How does God feel about that lukewarm Christian that's neither hot nor cold? Well, the Bible says he'll spew him out of his mouth. He's disgusted by it. Okay? Take a stand for Christ. Cancel Netflix. Delete that social media app with the crude photos and videos on it. Stop calling that friend that gossips all the time. Stop stealing. Stop cheating. Tear down the false idols in your life. Do this. Live out what the Lord is calling us to live. Amen. We don't have that much time left. Let's really live for him. Let's truly seek the kingdom. Let's truly be righteous By living as Jesus called us to live and putting him in his proper place. And then the verse says, all these things will be added unto you. Well, what things? Well, Matthew 6, 31, just a few verses earlier, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Think about this. Those are the things. So when we seek God first, our needs are met. Okay? Okay. Really the only needs we really have, if you think about it, we need to eat and drink or we'll die. We need clothing, okay, for a lot of reasons, but certainly to keep warm. Uh, and maybe we need some kind of shelter, especially in the winter. Uh, these are our needs. That's essential. And here in Matthew 6, 31, it's saying, take no thought for it. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about your basic needs. Okay, so all these things shall be added unto you. So basically, you seek the Lord first, his kingdom, his righteousness, and then, you know, the clothing, the food, your necessities, your needs, they're met. God's going to take care of them. It may not be everything you've ever wanted, but God knows best, and God knows what you really need, and that's what he gives you. So that's, that's what that verse means, and that's what we should be doing and they're all added to us when we seek him first. It's so simple. All that energy you put into increasing your own wealth is like the bag with holes in it. You put money in it, it just falls right out. Why not put all that energy into seeking Jesus? Put all your energy and resources into his kingdom, and he will take care of the rest. Have you ever thought like that? Isn't that a faith move right there? When you put all your energy, you put it into Jesus first. Aren't you basically saying, I trust what the Bible says. I trust God. I trust what this preacher is saying. I trust because it's in God's word that we are to do this. I trust Him. Therefore, by faith, I'm going to act like this. So to wrap it up, what's God's what what is God trying to get our attention about through the worries and cares of life? Attention that the sin curse is real and it exists, that this world is truly broken. Attention that thus he is real, that his word is true, that it's prophetic, that when you see in the Bible, it paints a very clear picture of man falling into sin and all these things happening, and you see it in the world today. Attention that we need Jesus to pay for our sin debt because we can't pay it on our own. No amount of uh, society evolving, no amount of intellect, no amount of wealth, no amount of anything can solve the sin debt. That only comes from what Jesus did on the cross. Attention that walking far from God is not working. I believe that, you know, I uh, mentioned uh, the, the, the uh, scripture out of, uh, I think, the Second Chronicles about seeking the Lord. It, it starts with, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, seek my face. Think about that. Not anyone, but my people right? Attention that walking far from God is not working. It's a closeness that we are to pursue with him because God, frankly, I believe this with all my heart, is upset at the church for turning their back on him, at the church for not being set apart, at the church for not calling sin, sin, for at the church for compromising doctrine, at the church for leaving their first love. We need to get back to God as a church, as a church body, as an individual believer in Christ. If we all do that, that's when revival will break out. I believe it. Attention that with him, we can do all things. Philippians 4.13. And without him, we can do nothing. John 15.5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So it's not only do you know the Lord. Now the question is, are you abiding in the Lord? Look, our choices matter. Obedience of God's people is how God works in this world. And it's how we're blessed by being obedient. We should be m- motivated uh, and, and humbled into action to do His will and to turn to Him in this evil time. Now, maybe you don't know the Lord today, and I want to lead you in a very simple prayer as we wrap up. And you can be saved today, amen. You can be saved today. You can know this God I've just preached about and have peace and security and eternity with Jesus. Just pray this prayer with me here. dear Lord, I thank you for allowing me to hear this. I thank you, Lord, for calling me to you, for 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 allowing me to be saved here today, Lord. And in your word, it says that I can be saved if I accept you as Savior. And I know that that I fall short. I know, frankly, that, that I'm a sinner. And I know I deserve the consequence of my sin, which is hell. And I'm now trusting in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Specifically, I'm trusting in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to pay my sin debt, through what Jesus did on the cross. That's how I'm forgiven. I believe that he died and was buried three days and was resurrected supernaturally by you, God, and walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights and ascended up to heaven and is at the right hand of the Father today. I believe it really happened. I believe he is who he says he is. I believe he's God. I'm asking him in my heart, Lord, please save me. Your word tells me that whosoever believeth in him shall be saved, and I believe in him. I thank you, God. I won't be ashamed. I'll live for him. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. You can uh, go to facebook.com forward slash kjvcafe or you can go to kjvcafe.com. Reach out to me. I'd love to be praying for you to help you any way that I can. Just stay on the fire in line for Jesus until he comes back. I thank you so much for listening here today. And as always, remember, With everything going on, God truly is trying to get our attention, and what we do now matters. It matters for eternity, so stay close to God. If you feel far off from God, give it to Him in prayer, repent, get close to Him, know that we truly are in the last days, and He will come soon to take the church home. Stay on the firing line. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's Word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness.